0: I thought people that were inspirational had never failed, had never been set back, they had never been disappointed. I thought those were the people that inspired people. And when I realized with me being transparent about my journey and not acting like I have it all together, not acting like I've never failed, I've never gone through anything, when I finally stopped acting like that person who had never gone through nothing, I inspired myself. I see my victory so clear. I see my victory so clear. It's a jru. It's
1: a jru. It's a jru. It's a j What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare podcast, where we empower you to make a breakthrough and dispense your full potential. My name is Dr. Adam Martin, and I'm your host for the podcast. I've been a practicing full-time community pharmacist since I graduated pharmacy school back in 2012. I'm also a professional speaker, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. The Fit Pharmacist community exists to serve you to dispense your full potential by learning from our world-class guests on how to practically apply simple solutions to not only elevate your pharmacy career, but nail your nutrition, master your mindset, and fit fitness into pharmacy through simple solutions to guide you to live a fulfilled life with passion and purpose. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive into this week's new episode. Being a pharmacist is no easy feat, but one of the things that can really be a wake-up call after graduation is having a learning experience that you did not expect, being in a situation that you did not prepare for, questioning your own abilities and skills as a pharmacist, or finding out the optimal way to do something after having done it the hard way. Did this ever happen to you when you graduated pharmacy school? Have you ever said to yourself, I wish I knew that? As a practicing pharmacist and NSA professional speaker, I travel the world speaking at pharmacy schools and pharmacy organizations to empower pharmacy students with what it takes to dispense their full potential, to not only dominate pharmacy school, but to script their dream career as a Gen Z pharmacist. The most common complaint I hear from both students about to graduate and newly licensed pharmacists is this, I wish I knew this when I first started pharmacy school. If you follow me on Instagram, guys know I love talking with you, interacting with you, and helping you when I can. So on my Instagram stories in the beginning of December, I ran a poll asking this very question. What was your biggest challenge adapting from a student to a pharmacist? I was blown away by the number of responses I got. So I knew I had to do a podcast episode addressing some of the most common replies that I heard and both faced myself. So I thought the best person to bring on would be a newly licensed pharmacist who shares the passion and mindset that we strive to maintain in the fit pharmacist community. Now, there's a lot of superstars in the fit pharmacist community, but one of those superstars is in fact Star, Dr. Star Shands, a native of Stony Creek, Virginia, a small town about 45 minutes outside of Richmond, Virginia. Starr graduated with her PharmD from Hampton University in May 2018. She worked in community pharmacy for a year before taking her new role as a clinical pharmacy specialist for Indian Health Services in New Mexico, working in ambulatory care. She serves as the Native American population for different tribes such as the Navajo, Zuni, and Hopi. In her spare time, she loves to mentor students, Get involved in pharmacy organization work initiatives and work on ways to live a healthier lifestyle. Her goals in her career are to impact the lives of her patients in a positive way and make a difference in the communities she serves. Dr. Starr, welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast.
0: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for this.
1: It's a pleasure. We've been interacting a lot through social media, mainly Instagram and you shared a lot about your story. And whenever I posted that poll earlier in December, that really struck a chord with you. And as you shared with me, you went through a career change and had to literally re-engineer your beliefs that you ingrained in pharmacy school as a student. But then when you got into pharmacy world as a pharmacist, a lot changed. So I want to just first introduce you to share that story like what that looked like as an about-to-graduate pharmacy student, what happened when you graduated, and then what that looks like now for your career as a pharmacist.
0: So when I was in pharmacy school, I was a community pharmacy intern since my P2 year until I graduated. I got a job offer about six months before I graduated, so a lot of students go through that period where I don't know if I'm going to be employed because of the job market saturation so I didn't have to worry about that and that was a blessing so I got out I graduated May 2018 like you said I got licensed in August of 2018 and I it's funny my license generated 10 o'clock that morning well I'll never forget it August 15th I was at work at three (laughs) that's the
1: world we live in
0: that's the world we live in and it was cool it was fine but the change really happened when I was working a few months in I was a few months into community and I started experiencing symptoms hard symptoms of burnout. I was working anywhere from 7 to 12 days in a row. Wow. Anywhere from 8 hour shifts to 14 hour shifts and it was rough. And you have good days and bad days at work. And I was starting to have more bad days than good days. And it led me to question, why am I here? And that was really hard to come to terms with when I had to question, why was I there? Like, I didn't know why I was there. And I'm a person, I'm driven by passion. Like, I got to know why I'm doing this. Yeah. And I didn't feel fulfilled. I had all these dreams that got me through pharmacy school. Like, I'm going to make a difference. I am going to change the world one pill at a time. I am going to make all these changes. I'm going to impact the communities that I serve. Like I moved back to my hometown to do that after graduation. And I wasn't doing that. At least I didn't feel like I was doing that. And for me to realize that I was working a job that I came to terms that I didn't feel that it was a good fit for me. It wasn't a good fit for me. I didn't feel fulfilled. I was burnt out. At that point, I, and I was questioning my purpose, my why that got me through pharmacy school. So I realized I had to make a change and that was hard because I went to pharmacy school to do community pharmacy. Yeah. So when I realized that I didn't like it anymore, I didn't want to do it anymore. It was hard to come to terms with the fact that I had to figure out what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I made a list pros pros. Cons, what I want in my career, what I don't want in my career, non-negotiables, like things I must have in my career in order to be fulfilled. I realized I like ambulatory care. I was president of SNAFA, my third year pharmacy school. Anybody that knows me knows I ride or die for SNAFA. I love SNAFA.
1: Same here.
0: I loved it when I was in school. I'm currently a NAFA member. And actually we we're at the same conference this summer in Houston in July. So that's so
1: crazy. Yeah. So I was speaking uh in July in Houston at the uh SNAFA annual convention and I hosted a workshop, the three levels of mentorship. And I didn't even know,
0: but you were there. I was there. And it was a wonder it was a wonderful presentation. Thank and you. I just knew, like, I went through pharmacy school. You have to serve the underserved. You got to give back to your community. You have to pay it forward. I didn't feel like I was doing any of that. So I decided my next career move was going to be big. I wasn't going to play it safe. So I decided, okay, if I like ambulatory care, I want to serve the underserved. I want to give back to a, a population of people that need my help. I'm going to do that. So I decided to uproot my life from Virginia to New Mexico. And I currently work for Indian Health Services now as a clinical pharmacy specialist. I now feel fulfilled in my job. I love my job. I look forward to going to work. I forget when it's time to go home. My coworkers have to tell me when to go home. <laughs> my career has done a complete 180. And I it took me It took that first year as a pharmacist for me to question myself. It was a huge year of self-evaluation, self-reflection, and just honing in on my why and making a point to practice my why.
1: Wow. And I know that we talked a little before the podcast, but again, congratulations on having the balls, honestly, to do that because that's very scary. And just like you said, and we're going to dive into this in a little bit here, But going through school, having a target, and then graduating and realizing you hit the target, but it's not the one that fulfills you. And being able to accept that and make a change is huge. And I think your story and the message that you're sharing is something that a lot of students and pharmacists need to hear. Because if you're not feeling fulfilled, like you were saying earlier before we we started the podcast, you have the opportunity and the responsibility to take ownership of your life, your satisfaction, your career. And right now, because you did those hard things that sucked or uncomfortable and painful short-term, now you're enjoying the fruits of that sacrifice and literally living the dream. Every single person listening to this, pharmacy student, pharmacist, intern, whoever you are listening, you want to live a fulfilled career that you are passionate about. People can sense that from you. They want you to be their pharmacist because you're so into what you do. And in order to do that, Sometimes you have to ditch the script that you had as a pharmacy student and really reevaluate and come to terms with what does fulfill you. So that's something I just wanted to let you share is a belief that you held yourself that you saw in your family and with some of your classmates that because I went to school for this with this career in mind, this is what I have to do. And I just want to invite you to speak on that because I think this is huge.
0: So... I thought that because I went to pharmacy school to do community pharmacy, I had to stay in community pharmacy my entire career. I was led to believe that. I knew that with Snafa, of course, I go. I went to countless. I went to a lot of conferences when I was in pharmacy school. Same. Like, I went to a lot of them. And I knew that there were plenty of things that you can do in pharmacy with your PharmD. I didn't think any of those options applied to me. I was a small town girl. Like I literally like grew up basically, I grew up in a very, very small town, had one pharmacy, one clinic. I was 30 minutes away from the nearest hospital. Like, I didn't think there were a lot of options out there for me personally. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do community. I did as an intern, I can do it as a pharmacist. Side point just because you were an intern does not mean that you can be a pharmacist in the same thing. So, definitely coming to terms with the fact that, like, I picked something that I don't want to do anymore, it was cool while it lasted, but I'm ready to do something else. And I think something that intimidated me too was that I was a new grad. This, I came to this. This conclusion, six months into me being licensed. Yeah. I had no experience at that point. So I counted myself out and figured this is my fate. This is just what I have to do. And I thought, I'm just going through first year blues. I'm going through the first, like first year as a pharmacist is just hard. It's going to get better. It didn't get better. And I thought that this is my fate this is what i have to accept and i came to the realization thank god for mentors and a and a good support system that you don't have to put up with anything that you don't want to so if you don't like your job and i was and i was living at home my first year as a pharmacist uh, back in virginia and i came home a lot of nights and my mom is a huge person both of my parents actually they are people that are driven by action? You can't complain too many times and not do anything about it, right? Yeah. So I came home a lot of nights saying, I hate this. I don't want to be here. The job sucks. I don't want to do this. Like, this patient said this to me. This happened here. This happened over here. It was just a hot mess. And I kept saying that one too many nights. And my parents were just like, okay you don't like this job? What do you want to do? And I couldn't answer them. And they were like, okay, you don't know what you want to do. You need to figure it out. And when you do figure it out, you need to get that job so you can stop complaining about how you hate this job. Okay. So that was hard when you have, it's easy to decide what you don't want. It's harder to figure out what you do want. But both are
1: needed. Absolutely
0: then it's harder to figure out a plan to get what you actually want.
1: And act on it.
0: And act on it. You can want anything you want in this life, but you have to be able to execute it. And that's the thing. People, talk is cheap and it's real. Like talk is really cheap. And it wasn't until I was challenged by the people in my life that cared about me to actually act on what I wanted to do was when I really started making moves to change my career. And it was hard. It it, it was hard. The journey was hard. Um, As a new grad, you don't have a lot of experience. You'll get rejection emails. You'll get rejection letters. It's a part of the journey. And I thought, because, again, comparison is a thief of joy. We talked about this before. I was comparing myself to colleagues and classmates who I felt like were excelling in their career more than I was. And that really like depressed me because I'm over here. Like I'm, I'm thinking I I hit the target. Like you say, why, why am I not happy? So when I realized that I was holding myself back, I was scared of the fact that I was a new grad and I wanted to change careers. I was scared of the fact that I was applying for jobs that I had never done and had no experience in. I was in a space where I thought I was going to be happy. And I basically am starting from square one where I have to figure out okay, I don't want to do this in my career, but what do I want to do? And making plans to do that. So, with all of that being said, when I got out of my own way, And I stopped comparing myself to everybody else when the number one person I should have been comparing myself to was me. And so when you get out of your own way and you start doing what you want to do and you start executing your dreams and making them into reality, you can go so far. So I realized when I was complaining to my support system and my mentors who were in pharmacy and I told them everything I wanted to do, and everything I didn't want to do ambulatory care was what I wanted to do so then I started trying to find jobs in ambulatory care and I started networking and I learned from conferences you have to network your network is your net worth absolutely so when we're listening. I, I was, <laughs> I listening right so when I realized that I started going to workshops and conferences um because then I realized Aside from ambulatory care, I wanted to do federal pharmacy because I was also interested in public health. Like I wanted to fight that public health need. So at first I was playing it safe. I was applying to hospitals in my home state, right? Like, okay, I think this is a cool like job that will lead me to an ambulatory care job. So I was playing it safe, right? Until I, was, I realized I was applying to jobs that I didn't want either, but they would lead me to where I wanted to be. And I'm like, you know, if I'm going to go in, I'm going to go all in. I'm going
1: to jump in the deep end.
0: I'm <laughs> going to jump in the deep end. I'm not going to say I'm going to take this job because it'll lead me to this job, which will lead me to this job. And the whole time, I'm still unhappy. Exactly. So I realized, okay, Star, if you're, you need to practice what you preach. SNAFA was all about serving the... Un- SNAFA changed my life, by the way. Pharmacy students everywhere, please join SNAFA.
1: Same. Same here.
0: Great organization. Amen. I realized, okay, you want to serve the underserved. You want to really give back. You really want to get your hands dirty. You really want to be all in ambulatory care. Do that. Stop playing it safe and stop holding back. So I, I decided... I learned about Indian Health Services when I was in school on rotation actually um when i i had a rotation at the uh fda me too yeah and like i learned a lot um like the um workshops and stuff they had about different areas of uh of pharmacy in the federal sector i learned about ihs it interested me back then but i didn't think i can't move to like arizona or new mexico i'm an east coast girl I don't know how that's about to work. (laughs) And I actually had a classmate, a good friend of mine, who uh, is in the Commission Corps, and she uh, works for the BOP. So I asked her about her experiences and how she liked it and everything, and she said everything I wanted to hear. And she actually uh, gave me a lot of tools. And that's that's another thing. Classmates can help you out, too, when it comes to figuring out things. Don't be afraid to ask people that are in careers that you want to be in, like how they got there or things that you could do to get there. So she gave me a lot of advice. My mentors gave me a lot of advice. And I actually had people from my school, from, from Hampton, who were already in IHS. I reached out to them, too. And all of that combined with going to conferences, combined with networking with people, led me to my current career as a clinical pharmacy specialist in IHS uh, in Gallup, New Mexico. So, and that was another thing too, like I was scared to move 2,000 miles away from home, but what's even scarier than making a move in your career is staying in the same place that you were in and not growing as a person nor a healthcare professional. So yeah, I packed up my truck and drove 2,000 miles away from home to a place I'd never seen to do a job i have never done.
1: So what you're describing, first off, is badass, but <laughs> second <laughs> off, um, what you're describing is what I call growth and evolution. And as we've all heard so many times, nothing grows from comfort zones as you probably have experienced. So just speak to people who might have tried that, but it was too painful or too scary, so they stopped. Was that an easy process for you to do? Just walk us through the feelings and the emotions and the hardship. Yeah, she's ready to go right now. <laughs>
0: I'm ready to go because I thought, and it was so funny, um, so I just, I just turned 26 last week, right? When I turned 25, my number one prayer was to grow. So when I turned 25, I was about three months or four months into my career at all. Like, so I wanted, because I felt then I wasn't growing as a person nor a healthcare professional. I prayed for growth. And I'm over here thinking growth is beautiful, growth is ever evolving, growth is peaceful, growth is just. Oh, it's like the angels are singing. Growth is nothing like that, okay? <laughs> it's nothing like that. It is dirty. It is heartbreaking. It, it shakes you to your core. Real growth, not that like that cloudy, foofy growth. No, 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 no. no. Real growth is when you are faced with yourself. And you are in a position that you don't want to be in. You look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I don't like where I am. And I don't know how to change that. And that growth this year and my first year as a pharmacist, and that's why I wanted to get on here and talk about it, was rough. It was hard. Hard to the point where I was like, I don't even think I want to be a pharmacist anymore. I spent six years, so Hampton was a two plus four program. So I was 24 when I graduated. I have spent six years of my life pursuing a career that I can't do, that I don't want. And I'm way too far in depth to do anything else. So <laughs> what are we going to do? And I say all that, like the whole first year was rough because I came to Terms with a lot of stuff. I didn't like what I was doing. I like pharmacy, but I don't like what I'm doing in pharmacy. What do I want to do in pharmacy? Now I figured out what I want to do in pharmacy. How do I go about it? I I had people in in my life, um not not close people, but some people, um, and that's why it's also important to differentiate who's for you and who's not. I had people that's like, okay, retail some. Like, retail or community is your foundation. If you can't do the foundation, what makes you think you can do anything else? I had somebody tell me that. And I was like, I can do anything I set my mind to. And when you're at your low point, when all your confidence is shot, your, your passion is shot, your motivation is shot, it's all gone, you're empty, right? Right? And it was at my emptiest point. And when I felt like I had hit rock bottom, cause I cause I was that student in school. Like I was president of SNAP. I, I had made pretty good grades the whole time I was in pharmacy school. Like I felt like I was on top of my stuff, right? To to feel like you're not when you feel like you're bottom of the barrel, you've hit rock bottom. And when you're empty, I feel like those moments, you get so much strength. Yes, ma'am courage. Because it's like, okay, once you've hit rock bottom, there's nowhere to go but up.
1: That's uh, one of my favorite phrases. Sometimes God brings you to your knees so you have nowhere to look but up.
0: When I th- That was my entire first year right there. I grew closer to God in this journey because I felt like I had failed. My confidence was gone. Any type of confidence I had in school was gone because I felt like my first year as a pharmacist, and I didn't realize that probably your first year as a pharmacist is your hardest year as a pharmacist because you need to learn what to do. And what not to do. And, I, and I definitely learned a lot about what not to do. And, and that realizing that Failure and setbacks and disappointments and rejection are a part of the journey, and you don't need to be scared about it because it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you a better pharmacist because I don't, I, I can't rock with those people that I've never failed. I don't know what that feels like. First off, I think those people are lying. <laughs> yeah. But that's another story for another time. Getting back to the point, growth is hard, it's heartbreaking, it is crippling, it's paralyzing, but it's necessary. Absolutely. It's imperative. I would not be where I am in my career if it were not for rejection, failure, setbacks and disappointment, I wouldn't be here.
1: I agree 100%,
0: 100%. I wouldn't be as grateful for either because, and I've said this before, you learn more lessons in the valley than you do on the mountaintop, okay? It was because of the things that I wasn't confident at or wasn't good at, or I felt that I wasn't good at. Taught me so much, so many lessons.
1: Absolutely. And those
0: lessons I take with me in my career now. So don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of setbacks, rejection, all that. Don't be afraid of it. It's making you better every time.
1: And this message that you just hit on is exactly why I wanted to bring you to the podcast, uh, other than you're awesome <laughs> and, and, and a star, quite literally. <laughs> but seriously guys, uh, this message is something that you all need to hear. If you are trying to make a career change or you feel like you, you know that pharmacy's right for you but the career you're in or the residency or whatever that might be is not aligning with your passion, You need to know a few things. One, making a change does not make you a failure. It means that you're learning and growing. Two, do not have shame. Shame and guilt are the lowest vibrations you can have as a human. Don't feel like you are less of a person or less of a pharmacist or that you failed your career or that you're going to be letting down your mentors, or that you're going to be letting down your professors, or your classmates, or people that you have in your network, that's not true at all. And lastly, if you're comparing yourself to who you think, quote, has it all figured out, like Star said, they're full of shit, uh, number one. And number two, if they're acting like that, they might just not be confident or in Their own skin well enough to share that. Maybe they have shame because they want those appearances of keeping up with the Joneses or whatever you want to call that. They want to portray that they have that put together. Or they might just really hate their job and be scared to admit it. So they're putting on a front. And here's something that you guys need to hear, especially with social media. All too often, people are smiling for the camera but dying behind the scenes. And that is so true. So if you feel like I have it all together or Star has it all together just because we're super passionate, that ain't true at all. So you guys need to know these key things. And that's why I wanted Dr. Star to come on here because she's literally just gotten out of the trenches. She's gone through this painful growth process that I and every other guest on this podcast has gone through. You might not want it at the moment. You might say, why me? But shift that into how is it helping me grow? And with that mindset, instead of looking at what's going wrong, you'll be searching for what is going right and what you search for, you will find. So when you shift your mindset for this, it is a game changer and will lead you to feeling like a failure, not having a passionate career, or that you chose something wrong to a place where Dr. Star is because she took the road less traveled and now has a career that when she talks about it, she can't help but smile. And that's the truth.
0: All of that really is, it's really the truth. And I hope everyone really takes heed to that, because everything that you just said, it really is facts. Like, Yeah.
1: Uh, And I say this with every speaking program I do, whether it's through Phi Delta Chi or Phi Lambda Sigma or pharmacy schools, whatever organization I'm at, I will never get on a speaking platform and talk about something I have not done or experienced myself because I feel like that's a disservice. I will only talk about things that I put into practice myself because that's how I'm able to speak without notes with so much passion. I'm talking about things because they're things I actually do. They're things I've helped people through. And that's why I'm there to serve in that capacity. So that's why it's facts. Cause I've gone through it too, sister.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's just so, and that's why I love talking to people who are also passionate. And it was just like my passion and my motivation got me through pharmacy school. Like you have more has to drive you than greed. And that's a side note. You cannot be motivated by greed. Pharmacists, yeah, pharmacists make a lot of money. That's great. But because of the job saturation, it's also going down in pay per year for new graduates. Dramatically. So dramatically. So please keep that in mind. And when it, it's very hard to talk to some people if they're not that's why this conversation is so easy to have. Because when you're talking to people that are not passionate, that are not motivated, and their only mo- their motivation is money. Money will not sustain you. Your bank account will not sustain you. I have bills like everybody else. But I could not have a career for 30 plus years, however long I plan on working. And the only thing that drives me every day is my paycheck. That, no, I can't, I can't do it. And some people can vibe with that statement and other people cannot. And I actually had people in my life that tell me when I was talking about my lack of passion, my lack of motivation, my lack of fulfillment, uh, in my previous job and in, in, uh, when I went from community to, um, ambulatory care, what do you need motivation for? What do you need passion for? Your passion is your paycheck every two weeks. No, 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 Um, no, I'm not doing all. First off, I don't get paid. Enough to deal with all the stuff I'm going through right now. i get paid enough for it. I don't get paid enough for it. So money is not a factor for me. Like, no, 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 no. Bottom line, you at least need to like what you do. If you're not, okay, let's say you're not a passion-driven person, a motivation-driven person. Okay, that whatever floats your boat, cool. But for me personally, I have to be driven by passion. I have to like what I do. I need to love what I do. I that's what gets me out of my bed every day. That's what makes me present myself as the best pharmacist that I can be for my patients. Cause I've been that pharmacist who was miserable. You could see the second you come to pharmacy, they're miserable. They hate where they are. And it's like, why give that to your patients? You, they don't want that. You don't want that. Be the best person you can be. And if you don't, like where you're at in your career, you have the power to change it. Because if you stay in a job that you don't want, that's a choice. And you can't blame the job market saturation. You can't blame potential pay cuts, if any, because now since pay is going down, like so many areas are comparable in salary. You can't say, I'm staying here because this, that, and the third. It's an excuse and it's a choice that you are making for yourself. So if you're in a job that you don't want, if you're in a space that you don't want, you're choosing to be there. And that's advice you can take to the bank. Right?
1: Seriously. Like, and and what you're describing is something that I've really focused on in my career is if you don't want it for yourself, if you're not leading by example, why bring that to work? And uh, that dipped into a conversation we had uh, with self-care. And that's actually one of the ways that we connected was, uh, you said that you had read my book that I put out last year, uh, which is uh, RxU.
0: RxU was definitely a phenomenal read and it was a read that i needed that i didn't realize i needed um but i definitely needed on something that you have said more often than not because i listen to your podcast as well as i've read your book that self-care is health care you need to take care of yourself in order to bring your best self to your To to your patients as well as your job, whatever job that may be, whether that's community, whether that's industry, whether that is ambulatory care, whether that's inpatient, have whatever, whatever job you're in, you need to bring your best self to the table. And I thought that me not eating, me not going to the bathroom, me being stressed out, me standing on my feet all the time, me doing everything that was detrimental to my health. I wasn't exercising. I was eating like crap. I was stress eating. And there was a part in your book about oh, yeah. emotional eating.
1: Yep. Uh, yep.
0: I was doing that. Yep. Every night. Every night. I was I was binge eating. If a friend wanted me to go to a happy hour after work, I was there. Like, I exercise. What is that? I don't have time for that. I, all those things I kept telling, my I don't have time for that. Like, there's no time. I just work. And then when I work, I'm sad and I'm depressed all the time cuz I don't like my job. And when on my off days, I'm either out of town cuz I'm going on vacation cuz I use all of my time off to go somewhere or I'm sleeping cuz I'm tired. And so, when I thought about all of that and I read your book, I have time to do whatever I want. Me exercising, Doesn't have to take up too much of my day. I can, I can shovel out thirty minutes. That thirty minutes I spend on social media, I can spend exercising. You don't even have to go to a gym. Like I exercise at my house. You instead of you saying I don't have time to cook, but yet you spend thirty minutes at whatever drive-through fast food to get food when you could have cooked a healthy meal at home. Like I meal prep now for the most part. I do have some days where I utilize my 20%. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh I treat myself. Um like here I have an hour lunch break, so sometimes I do go out with like my coworkers and stuff and we like have lunch, but um for the most part I so believe in self-care and I was sacrificing my health because I thought that made me a better pharmacist. And you do not have to sacrifice your health or your wants or your needs to be a good healthcare practitioner. Like me exercising and me eating the right foods that give you so much energy. And that was another thing too, with me eating right, I was feeling like crap all the time. Yeah. And I was wondering why. My skin was breaking out all the time. I wasn't drinking my water. I wasn't doing any of that. And it was like, that played a huge part in how I felt. Because when you feel good, when you look good, when you are at your best, you can work at your best and be your best and bring your best self to the table. So now I exercise. I drink an appropriate amount of water. I meal prep and I cook like healthy proteins and broccoli and I even eat Brussels sprouts now and I never thought I'd be a person who likes Brussels sprouts, but I do. And it's like, I like eating healthy. Wow. I like, and I will say sometimes the 20% turns to 30%. <laughs> hey, babe, but, but it, sometimes, yeah, yeah. But sometimes, it's sometimes, it's not all the time now. Yeah. so. <laughs> Definitely learning about 80-20, definitely learning that, okay, I may not have a lot of time in the day, but I have some time in the day. It's how you allocate your time. Like, are you spending those 30 minutes to an hour on social media? Or are you spending that 30 minutes to an hour listening to a positive podcast, like The Fit Pharmacist? Or are you reading a good book? Like, now... I read. I have time to read, so I, I read now. Um, I do things that benefit my self care. Like I will, um, like I don't watch Netflix and stuff anymore. I did indulge in Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I did
1: get Disney Plus. <laughs> <but Promises> confessions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> promises,
1: confessions.
0: Confessions. Um, but I read now. I I like to cook now and that is a stretch for me. Anybody who knows me personally, that's a stretch. So I like to cook, I exercise, I do things that make me feel good. Wow. And that's so good, it feels good. Wow, you
1: have developed, I'm just, I can't stop smiling because you have done every single thing you said are so many positive, empowering habits. Just one by themselves would be a huge achievement but you're stacking all these little wins that have turned into this huge transformation that you did. And that's just absolutely phenomenal. How did you, how did you get started on this whole like self-care change? Like what, what started this?
0: When to be quite transparent, when I hit rock bottom, yeah. when I had no, when, when my cup was empty, Yeah. when I felt anxiety and depression and when I felt those emotions and I felt I I'm a person that like I said I'm prided on passion, motivation. And I pretty much for the most part have an optimistic attitude, right? When my family started seeing changes, when my friends started seeing changes, and they're like, I, I don't even I don't even know who's looking at me right now. Wow. When I had gotten to my lowest point, when I felt like I hit rock bottom and then the people my mentors started seeing change they're like where's the star who's over here like I even had friends who were like when we were in school where's the star that would come in and do announcements <laughs> when there was a of event where is where is that star who whose smile brightens up a room and whose energy is infectious where is that person and when people started asking me that and I had to ask myself I don't know where that person went for that person I don't know where that person went. So I started and that's where self-reflection and self-evaluation come from. When you take a look at when you, when you have to look in the mirror and you cannot recognize yourself. Something needs to change. So I, again, was addicted to social media and I came across your page actually. And you had all these tips every day, like a like a word of the day, a quote of the day, and I was like, I I I started feeling it, and I started I I, ordered, I well, I didn't order your book until more so a little later than that, but I started just always looking at your page, and I started listening to your podcast, and I was like, he he's happy. I want to be, I want to be, when I started, when I came to the time, I wanted to be happy. And I wasn't happy. I started making plans to be happy. And that came with, okay, I am, I've gained so much weight because I've been eating like crap. So I'm going to make a point to lose some weight. When I realized that I didn't like this job anymore, I got another job when i realized that i was emotionally eating i was eating my feelings and i looked at myself when i'm like sis do better (laughs) and it was just like when i finally came to times where i hit rock bottom and when you hit rock bottom there's nowhere to go but up and i went up and i meant when i get out of this funk that i'm in i'm coming back better than ever and i had to keep all that in mind because when you're going through a rough point when you have no passion, no motivation, no happiness or anything, else, you have all these different emotions that are negative. It impacts you, and it impacts your work. Yep. Like I was bringing my most miserable self to work every day and killing myself not a job that I didn't want anymore, and I kept blaming it on, oh, I'm just going through the fields of being a first-year pharmacist. No, I don't like this. It's not a good fit. So what is a good thing? And taking, when I took control of my own life and I lived a life by design and made my life what I wanted it, when I had to find that strength from a dark place, when I had to find that motivation and passion from a dark place and filling my own cup, not letting other people fill up my cup or having other people have the responsibility of filling up my cup. When I filled up my own cup and took my life back. My life changed. So my self-care was realizing what I didn't want, eliminate it, got what I did want and flourish with it.
1: Wow, and here you are shining like a star that you are. Thanks. Wow, you're you're so inspiring. Like I am just yeah. So so glad that you reached out because you're you're amazing, seriously.
0: Thanks. I really appreciate that. And this was a lot of work and and people think and I I am so grateful for the compliment. It means a lot coming from you. When I say I have followed your page religiously, (laughs) religiously, this is a huge compliment. And I want people to know your mentors, like I had had mentors, mentees rather, and they're like, star, you're this, star, you're that. And I'm like, if you only knew my story. And I used to, like you were talking about earlier, I used to be so ashamed of the fact that I felt like I wasn't a good fit in community. I felt like I wasn't a good fit anywhere that any, in anywhere that anything that I was doing, I didn't feel like I was a good fit. I felt like a failure and I was very embarrassed and ashamed about it. And those feelings, this part of the journey is what it is. Like it's not a good feeling, but it is what it is. And it's just like, when you realize that when you bring your best self to the table and get back to the point, I thought people that were inspirational had never failed, had never been set back, they have never been disappointed. I thought those were the people that inspired people. And when I realized with me being transparent about my journey and not acting like I have it all together, not acting like I've never failed, I've never gone through anything, when I finally stopped acting like that person who had never gone through nothing, I inspired myself.
1: That's awesome. Yes, uh, wow. So I totally agree with what you say about seeing people that you know, have made it or super successful. And one thing I found with all the people I've had on this podcast, and I've gone to a lot of seminars, uh, Tony Robbins, Thrive, uh, Grant Cardone, all the big guys. The most successful people in our modern day and in history have gone through the most pain. And that's a concept that I came to learn is your strength forges your is forged from your struggle.
0: Oh, absolutely. You cannot grow without struggle. You yeah. cannot grow without struggle. Yeah. It's
1: so true. And back to like you can't grow in your comfort zone. Same mm-hmm. thing. Like all these things that you guys hear that look cool on Instagram or make a cool post or you know whatever, they sound cool. But yeah. they're cliche because they're true. And you don't really know what those mean until you actually go through them yourself. And then you're like, wow, I've heard this concept for like 20 years and I thought it sounded cool, but now I really know what that means. And holy shit, <laughs> that's the truth.
0: That is the truth. And it it wasn't until I realized, and I was so and that's the thing, like. I was so scared to fail. And I took a job. Like I went to community. I took a job that was in my comfort zone. Yeah. And the worst you cannot grow in your comfort zone. And I had an idea I wanted to do federal pharmacy. And I liked ambulatory. I had I liked my ambulatory care rotation when I was in school. And I talked myself out of it. Cause I was like, I can't do that. I can't like. I don't have the credentials to do that. I can't do that. I can't, I can't, I can't. What about I can't? What about there's a chance that you can do whatever you set your mind out to? If you had told me a year to my career, that I would have a federal job, I'd be working in inventory care, I'd be making similar pay. I have an hour lunch break, I can sit down. <laughs> want to say, and I'll be living in New Mexico. I couldn't even halfway tell you where New Mexico was. <laughs> if you had told me any of that a year ago, I would have been like you are lying and you are crazy. <laughs> I love it. And I'm living a life now by design and it was because I failed. It was because I had to learn hard when I say hard, hard lessons. The road was rough. The journey was rough, and that journey made me who I am right now. So, students, new pharmacists, new practitioners, old practitioners, everybody, do not be afraid to struggle. Do not be afraid of that in between period where you don't know what you want to do and you don't know how you're going to get there. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Do not fear the unknown. It was because, and I emphasize, I took a job that I wanted 2,000 miles away from home to do a job I have never done in a place I never seen. I had to step out of my own way and embrace the fear of the unknown and it's by far the best thing that ever happened
1: to me. Amen. And guys, everything that Dr. Starr just said, is what I hear so many pharmacy students about to graduate, pharmacists that are just in their first year, pharmacists that have been practicing for a few years. They all say, These are the things that I wish I knew when I first started pharmacy school. These concepts and more are things that need to be taught in pharmacy school. Uh, I went to Pitt. I love Pitt. I have a lot of respect for it. I still, Do guest lectures there. I'll be speaking there in February. I have a lot of respect for pharmacy schools across the country for their drug knowledge and for what they prepare us to do as a pharmacist with our knowledge. There's a lot that is not taught about how to forge a successful career, how to dominate pharmacy school. The things that we talked about are not taught in school, but they are essential and game changers to living a career that you thrive in. And I want to formally announce in this podcast, so Dr. Starr, you're part of this, I've been working on a book, I know I've hinted at this through the months, I've been working on a book for over three years on this exact topic. I started to think, you know, if we look at the most successful pharmacists that are thriving in their careers and their niches, they've been doing it 10, 20, 30 years. But likely, when they started pharmacy school, they didn't know that they would end there and they probably had a lot of learning curves and things that they weren't taught that they had to learn the hard way. What if we went to the best of the best and asked them, right now you're at the best stage of your career, if you knew you were gonna end here and do what you're loving, back when you were a first day pharmacy student, what would you have done differently to bypass that learning curve? What organizations would you have been involved in? What kind of questions would you have done? What experiences would you look at? All of these questions catered specifically to 22 different niches in pharmacy. That is the second part of this book that is available to be pre-ordered. The other part of the book are things that I have learned personally for my own career and for students and clients that I've worked with since since I graduated in 2012. People I've interviewed on this podcast uh, worked with in business professionally, in the, in the pharmacy space of what are the key traits and concepts that a pharmacy student needs to know and implement as a pharmacy student. So it will f- build the foundation for a successful career so that they can thrive. Because guys, you guys probably know this already. Pharmacy is getting extremely competitive right now. Having a PharmD D doesn't mean jack shit. That's the truth. That's the truth. Having a PharmD is great. I love it. I'm very proud of it. I worked my butt off for it. You guys know my story of just getting into pharmacy school. But if that's all you have, I'm not saying you need more degrees, but if that's all you have, you don't have network, you don't have experience, you don't have relations, you don't have value, you don't have a personal brand. It's going to be a really tough battle to get in a competitive space. So, this book is literally all of the resources that I have used from my own career development that I have taught, that I speak on at pharmacy schools across the country, at organizations, at national and regional meetings, and from other professionals that I have learned. These are the keys to scripting that successful career that you'll flourish in. The name of the book is Gen Z Pharmacist, Dominate Pharmacy School and Script Your Dream Career. And it is available right now to pre-order so that you can start 2020 using my hindsight to look forward for your future. So I'll leave it with that. Um, but everything that you shared, Dr. Starr, is, is spot on. I agree 100% with it. And I just want to acknowledge you for being such an inspirational pharmacist and human being. You are literally a ray of hope and for so many people. I am so excited that you took the time to share this message because it is so important. You guys hear all over social media, all the big pharmacy Facebook pages complaining the job sucks, pharmacy's going to crap, blah, blah, blah. That might be happening, but that's not the whole story. There is hope. There are people that are loving their careers, that are making a difference in other people's lives and in pharmacy and healthcare overall because they love what they're doing. And knowing your story of how you overcame that, how you were able to pivot and realize that you can create your own life and career based on the actions and choices that you choose to make. That is such a needed message in our profession. So I am so honored that you took the time to share that because honestly, guys, this is, I think, going to be episode like 92. In my opinion, this is the most important one I've done so far. Oh
0: I'm, I'm, I'm really emotional at this point And that's the wow. truth.
1: That's the truth because guys, pharmacy is changing at a rapid rate. We always knew it was a, a profession that changed, but it's exponentially changing, evolving so much. So you need to be able to adapt. And Dr. Starr's message of really taking a check at yourself, both personally and professionally and taking action on that. So that you don't have to just be in your, you know, I, I did this career, or I, I picked this, Um, niche and pharmacy. So I have to stick with it. No, you can change. You're in control of your life. That's what this whole podcast is about is giving you the tools and the stories from people that are doing the work so that you can take action and be empowered to live a life that you desire and deserve. And that's exactly why I created this podcast was to bring people like Dr. Starr on to share their story and allow you to hear that while there might be doom and gloom, I'm not saying ignore it. There also is hope and inspiration. And you choose what you focus on, I'm not saying it's all good, it's all bad. they're both there, but what you choose to focus on is what you're going to attract, and that's what you need to take action on. so I just want to commend you again, Dr. Starr, because uh you're you're really inspiring <laughs> like uh, you, <laughs> you, you, need you need to come so speak much. with me you need to come <laughs> speak with me <laughs> I need to get Thank you a you mic
0: so much. I just I'm, I'm overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you, Dr. Adam Martin. I just, when I say your book changed my life, like I meant that. Like I. Wait, what'd you say? Huh? what did you book, say? Your, your book changed my life.
1: Wow. Whew. I didn't expect this. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> your book changed my life because I was in a bad place, and people don't talk about the bad places. They don't talk about the anxiety and the depression that you feel when you feel like you failed, you don't, they don't talk about what happens when you've chosen something that you don't want to do. What do you do about it? We don't, we don't talk about it. And because we don't talk about it, we don't, we don't, not like we, we know pharmacy is, is going down. We, We know, we know all the bad stuff about pharmacy. We even know the good, but it's like, what do you do with that? And it's like, it takes a lot. And I don't want people to think that what I did was rocket science because it wasn't. It was only a thing of, I didn't like what I was doing. I made a choice and I said, I want to do something else. And I I don't want to play it safe anymore. I want to go after my dream job. I want to go after it, and I'm willing to take failure and rejection and all of that. And I don't have to kill myself in the process to do it, either. Like, I can take care of myself, too. I can can do all that stuff. I can do whatever I set my mind to. And I want people to read your book and your new book because there's so many. I just wish people were more honest and more transparent about their journeys. And I was, I was scared to really talk about my failures and my setbacks and my rejections and my disappointments. They made me who I am and I'm not ashamed of them anymore. And I had a period of time where I was. And I want people to keep listening to your podcast. I want people to read your books because there's 100% facts in them. And I can speak from experience that the tools in your book and the tools in your podcast changed my life. And I'm grateful for it. Wow, you just struck my soul. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: I, I'm, uh, I'm speechless. <laughs> As a professional speaker, I don't know what to say.
0: I want wow. you to hear me loud and clear. Your tools that you have given have changed my life. Wow, Dr. Adam Martin, you have changed my life. I want you to know that. Period. I want you to know that.
1: I I don't know what to say other than thank you. Like that's. That's probably the biggest compliment uh, I, I could ever hear in my life. Um, thank you. I'm making me emotional.
0: <laughs> uh, I think oh, man, we
1: need to end this podcast.
0: <laughs> this was full of transparency, full of just good stuff, and I'm grateful for it. Thank you for the opportunity to be on here. It has meant the world to me. This is a career highlight, definitely, and I'm grateful wow. for it.
1: Well, I want to ask with one question. When you think of your job, so it's uh we're recording on a Saturday. Coming up on Monday, I assume you're going to be back at work. When you put when you think about going back to work on Monday, tell me what kind of emotions and feelings and thoughts come to your mind when you think about going back to work on Monday right now.
0: I'm grateful to serve an underserved population every day like I have patients who are below the poverty line who don't have some don't have running water. Some who don't um, have they live out on reservations and all of that different things like I'm grateful to be in the space. I'm happy and to actually talk about my job and be happy. I look forward to going to my job. I look forward to my coworkers and being around people who have the same dreams and aspirations that I do about just making a difference and making an impact in the community that you serve. I feel fulfilled. And I I am overall overwhelmed with gratitude and grateful to God that I went through the hard times because if it weren't for those hard times and me saying enough is enough, I wouldn't have a job that I actually look forward to going to every single day, even, and not in every day here isn't even perfect. Trust me. It's hard. Like I I work for one of the biggest hospitals in IHS, like it gets busy, but when you have way more good days than bad days, the bad days aren't as bad anymore. Amen. And
1: the reason that I asked you that question is the answers you gave were so inspiring and heartwarming, but even as you said them, your whole demeanor changed. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, you can see she started to light up. You could, you could see that what she was saying was real and authentic. She couldn't help but smiling when she was talking. Even if you're listening to the audio and not watching the video, you can hear her smiling when she's telling you this. And the reason I asked her to tell you that is to tell you that you can do it too. If you're not living a job right now, in pharmacy that makes you feel how Dr. Starr does, that makes you feel like I do, you have the power to make that happen. It's not a lost cause. It's not too late. You won't be a failure of changing careers. You won't be disappointing your mentors. The only thing that you will disappoint, your family and your friends and people that support you and your mentors and your school, is if you aren't living a career that makes you feel fulfilled. Because if you're not fulfilled and enjoying going to work, you're doing a disservice to your patients you're doing a disservice to your mentors because they invested in you to thrive and live a life of joy and service. And until you do that, you won't be giving back. You won't be living to the highest version of yourself, and you won't be dispensing your full potential. So the reason I had Dr. Starr tell you how she feels is to let you know that you have permission to feel that way too. You might not feel that way now. You might not have felt that way since you graduated, but you have permission to make that change. It's not going to be easy. We ain't sugarcoating this. It's going to take work. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take pain. It's going to take tears. It's going to take self, getting over self-doubts and limiting beliefs and feeling like you're trashing your confidence to start all over again. But you need to know that the short-term sacrifice is worth the long-term fulfillment. Because that's what we're here to do, is to lead by example, to dispense our full potential. And use Dr. Starr as an example, that regardless of where you are, how long you've been practicing, your age, your situation where you live, your network, you can do this too. And that's what I wanted to end on. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really hope that this message strikes a chord with you. I wanna hear from you if you have a similar story because this needs out. Dr. Starr is right, there is not transparency. There is no shame in admitting that you went through hardship. We all have gone through it. That's what built my brand. That's what built all the stuff you see, the books, the podcast. That's literally where it all came from was being transparent with my story. And it's attracted a lot of amazing people who also do the same. So I wanna invite this moment to be that opportunity for you if you feel that way if you feel like you've been struggling you're looking for a change reach out to me instagram at the fit pharmacist i always reply let me know if you listen to this podcast please share it on instagram and tag me tell me what it did for you because i want to connect with people that are looking to make a change i want to support you and be in your corner dr star will tell you i'm real talk she reached out I supported her. That's all it was. I didn't ask her for money. I didn't charge her. Like that's it. Like that's it. It's, there's no strings. Like it's, this is it. Uh, This is full transparency. So up there goes my earpiece. Um, But that's what I want to challenge you guys. If you're watching on YouTube, please share it. Put it on Facebook. Tag me. Please let me know because I really want this message to reach as many people in pharmacy as possible to let them know that hope is not lost. You guys see me wear my hat. I'm the hope dealer. I'm letting you know that there is an alternative. If you're not fulfilled, if you're not feeling like you're living your dream, there is hope. There's an alternative, and we want to help you do that. So, guys, thank you so much for your time and for listening. Dr. Starr, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and how you've gone from a shining star to a blazing asteroid field. And. I wish that while, while it's awesome that you moved, I wish you didn't move so far away so that we could hang out more, but I guess I'll just have to come speak in Arizona.:
0: <laughs> I will go, I'll go, uh, definitely. I feel that um, it like I needed this change, and that's another thing too. like me, me moving out here to New Mexico definitely made me. It, it, it definitely changed my life, personally and professionally. Sometimes you just need a major change after a major setback. So um, my major setback was that I started my career and I thought that's what I wanted to do. It wasn't what I wanted to do. I made steps to figure out what I did want to do and I went after it. And getting out of your own way is essential. So just I'm grateful. Thank you.
1: Grateful for you, my friend. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you you for listening. This is Dr. Adam Martin with the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Signing off with the Dr. Star. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. Crush it. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Let me know Post it. Tell me how it's impacted your pharmacy career and life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this amazing and passionate community we're creating of leaders and healthcare. You're now a part of the movement, a part of the family. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you.